everybody back to table talk right now it's just me and patrick we're gonna do a little um a little different style this week this time um so we're gonna try to do this more often with just uh we're gonna go back watch an old game both of us really enjoy or really liked and we're gonna talk about it and what happened and you know really just dive into it so this week we're going to do the 1984 Orange Bowl for the 1983 season. First, Nebraska, Nebraska and Miami, two legendary schools, um, one named one of ESPN's 10 uh, most memorable college football games of all time. So, um, Patrick, what are your first thoughts uh, after rewatching the game? All right, first – Everyone has to know I'm a diehard Nebraska fan. I was born in Omaha, so I was raised a Husker. But all I have to say is Nebraska was 12 and 0 that year, and like some scores of their games, they beat Minnesota 84 to 13, beat Wyoming 56 to 20, beat Syracuse 63 to 7. Like they literally steamrolled that season. They were the best team by far in the NCAA that year. They had a Heisman winner, Mike Rogier, future number one pick in the draft. Uh, Irving Fryer, who was their other running back, and then a Heisman finalist, Turner Gill, as their quarterback, when they called them, like, the triplets, they literally dominated the NCAA when I say that. Like, they ran, like, a triple option that just killed everyone. Um, So going into the Orange Bowl, I feel like most Nebraska fans were pretty confident. Miami, I was looking up, Miami lost to Florida that year to open the season 28-3. to Um, So they were – and then they – got like an 11 game winning streak so they were good but they weren't like great as great as nebraska was that year so i just feel like most nebraska fans going into the game they were just like damn we should easily just kill this game and get a national championship yeah nebraska was a 10 and a half point favorite that game and really um going into that game like it, it like like looking back you're like oh miami's probably going to win that game because that's who we knew we know who miami is now and was back then, but they hadn't won anything yet. Um, if you watch like the U documentary, um, that 30 for 30, they'll talk about how, you know, in Miami, like you could get, like no one went to Miami football games. Like you could get, you would get a, a pair of tickets with the purchase of a meal at McDonald's. Like they were trying to get rid of tickets all like all the time. And it really wasn't until Howard Schnellenberger was like, we're just going to recruit people in Miami and South Florida. And it's really where, um, you know, now everybody recruits out of South Florida. Now, um, if you recruit out of South Florida, like you're, um, you're a national title contender automatically. If you dominate there, that's why like Florida schools have struggled as late is because they haven't been able to recruit in their own state. So, um, Howard Schnellenberger really turned that, that program around, um, you know, one of the first things I thought we were talking about, like places to grow up in or like games you you wish you were in attendance for. And I would have loved to be able to grow up and like just being able to go to the Orange Bowl during those Miami games. Like everybody talks oh, yeah. about um, how great of an atmosphere it was. It really fucking sucks that that stadium was torn down to for the Marlins to build up their stadium, like a team in that area that no one really – uh, gives a shit about um, yeah. Miami was and, like there's so many Nebraska Miami just games throughout like the 90s and like the early 2000s mm-hmm. that have happened in that stadium and just the fact that they tore down 
I know the the Orange Bowl is just always going to be a legendary, um, legendary stadium. And honestly, I think if it was still around today, Miami football would be a little bit different. I think, I oh. think they would be good. I, I honestly believe that. Unfortunately, Miami football will never be um, the same as long as they don't have a stadium. And I lived a few months um, in South Florida, and one of the things was, you know was um you know there's really nowhere to put a new stadium you know so they're kind of stuck playing in that um in the dolphin stadium for a while and you know if you watch the u documentary it really goes into really the collapse of miami football and it kind of it starts at the at, at at the top of administration so i always love going back and seeing you know old miami football games especially um and in reality, we and what was cool about watching this was we really didn't know, like, like I was trying to like think of like how would I see myself like watching this game live, and you know just being like that the first time you got to see Miami be Miami and on a national stage and beat and beat the number one team, yeah, in the nation. and like some stuff that happened that day. Um, I was going through the Wikipedia page. Um, Miami was able to win the national championship that year and they were the national champions because of tons of events that happened that day. Number two, Texas lost in the cotton bowl. Number four, Illinois was blown up by UCLA in the Rose bowl and Auburn um, barely beat Michigan in the sugar bowl. So it was like considered an unimpressive win. And the, the way they crowned national champions back then was so, it, it was so weird. You can, talk you can argue about it but that's just the way it was so when miami beat number one nebraska who steamrolled the big eight yeah, um, like gave them basically yeah they the they, they they got the bump um yeah so and um yeah uh irving you you anything else you meant you uh enjoyed about this game well like even like watching the game like miami went up 17-0 in the first quarter <laughs> So it's like Nebraska fans were like, shit, like we got to play. And then Nebraska scored 14 and like in the second quarter. So after the second quarter, it was pretty close. But let's fast forward to like the end of the game when Nebraska's down by seven. And then on that third down, Irving Fryer like has a streak straight to the end zone, drops a wide open. Dry, yeah, it was. Like, yeah, that he was wide open, like as wide open yeah. as you can get, um, you know, you another thing I noticed is Turner Gill had a cannon of an arm, you oh, know. Yeah, I know. With his two, it's like Jesus. I know. It, it's like uh, you wonder how like some players would be different in like today's game versus back then. Like imagine Turner Gill yeah. with like that speed, um, that strength of an arm. That's that like how big that arm was in today's game. Um, yeah. Another person I noticed, Bernie Kosar. Bernie Kosar, obviously. Oh, yeah. Cleveland Brown. Um, You know, he was a redshirt freshman. Or redshirt freshman. Yeah. And, I mean, he threw for over 2,000 yards and 15 touchdowns. And, you know, that year, Nebraska um, really struggled defensively. They they played in a big eight with where it was run heavy, a lot of wishbone, primarily with Oklahoma, which was the biggest competition. Um, yeah. 
and it caused them to kind of be weak in the secondary. And you really saw it because Bernie Kosar had a really good game, and especially that's how Miami was able to jump out to a fast start was how weak the Nebraska secondary and defense was. Yeah. And I think a player people forget about and probably don't know, I didn't even know who he was, Jeff Smith was the backup running back. He actually scored two touchdowns in that game with like 100 yards, and he's the guy on the fourth and eight when they ran the option and he scored at the end um, to give him the 30 points. But then, all right, let's talk about the debate. Do you think Nebraska should have went? Okay, hold on. But before I went, I found this story um, before we get there for the debate. And we haven't talked about the fumble ruski yet. So, yeah. Yeah. So what I thought was funny, which is, this is why I think sports was so much better back then was Osborne, Tom Osborne, the head coach of Nebraska told uh, defensive backs, Dave Burke and Mike McCashlin. I hope I'm saying that right. Basically to switch jerseys. So they switched jerseys to make Bernie to confuse Bernie Kosar, which person he was challenging, and it led to an interception. Like you would Damn. never, that would never happen. And then that was the drive of the fumble. Yeah, exactly. And then the fumble ruski, Damn. which is now an illegal play. So Nebraska was able to get themselves back into the game, uh, basically by doing stuff that is totally illegal now, but legal back then. So that I think yeah. that was that to me that was pretty uh, uh, interesting part where you know Tom Osborne was like you know what we can't we can't beat these guys fair and square we gotta we gotta reach in and kind of play a little dirty. Yeah, and for people listening that don't know what a fumbleruski is, you can either look it up or basically the center hikes it to the quarterback, but then he keeps it or like he gives it to the guard or something. Basically. A lineman holds onto the ball but covers it so no one can see in the quarterback and the running back and everyone goes like to the right so then the whole defense shifts to their left and then the guy the lineman with the ball just stays and then kind of runs to the left like wide open and look it up yeah and those nebraska linemen were athletic they were big that's one of the reasons why nebraska was just farm yeah it's one of the reasons why nebraska was able to go on their run run of dominance was they were the one of the first teams college teams to really embrace like a strength training program yes and that's how they got and you can debate over whether what they were using in the 80s or 90s just like every other strength program (laughs) yeah exactly that that's that's I love when people say that about Nebraska. Oh, they really embraced the strength pro- training program around the time professional sports was in the eighties and nineties. And it's like, what was what were people using in strength training training programs in like the eighties and nineties? Embracing the little thing they put in their protein shake. Yeah, or, or the thing they stick in their ass. <laughs> exactly. Um. So the the two. So we'll get into the two point conversion. Do you think they should have gone for two? All right, so... Remember, there's no... What? How's it going? We're recording. (laughs) So, for context, Nebraska scores, and the game is 31-30. Nebraska's down by one, so we easily could have kicked the PAT to tie it. But then the Tom Osborne chose to not, and he chose to go for two. They roll out to the right, and the safety just, like, deflects it down. My opinion... Thank you. My opinion is that they definitely should have gone for two. I kind of like that call. There was no overtime. 
Like, so they would have yeah, tied. That's the thing, too, is there wasn't any overtime, and people forget that. Yeah. Like, well, here's why they shouldn't have gone for two, because they've already steamrolled all their opponents. Like, it's hard to say, like, you're probably not thinking this um, in, like, real time. Like, I, I bet you Tom Osborne was thinking, like, if we tie, we may lose the national championship, or we're going to share it. Like, if we win, yeah. we're definitely going to um, – we're definitely going to win especially after like the historic game um, they just played and just the impressive comeback. And they did have the momentum because Miami got off to that hot start. And then in reality, like it was really Nebraska that that was carrying the momentum to come all the way back. Um, But it it sucks because, you know, like looking back on it, if they would have just kicked the extra point, uh, they probably would have still won, been voted the national champion just because of all the oh. stuff they did. But they did have a bad it's kicker. Like at that time, you're not like thinking about that. Yeah, they had a bad kicker, too. So if you if you go and put that much pressure on the kicker, um, you know, and he misses the extra point, then it's really bad. But And I read I read a quote from Tom Osborne, and he, like after the game, they kind of asked him, like, why did you do that? And he said, I don't think – Quote, I don't think any of our players would have been satisfied backing into it with the PAT. So I think, like, and I don't know how, I haven't read a lot about how, like, Nebraska as a state reacted to it. Yeah. Because I don't think he was, like, murdered or anything. Yeah, that's one of those things where it's like, um, if Twitter was a bit, uh, uh, was a thing back then, like, like, what would have Twitter been? Like, what would have been, like, the, if sports recovered like they are now, like, what would have been the criticism? I am always yeah. for going for two, especially if you have the momentum. I'm always for going think, through. No, but I that's an entertainment. Like, I do understand yeah. why he did it, and it makes yeah. sense. What I don't get is why he didn't give it to Mike Rogier. It's like what we were talking about the other day with, like, Reggie Bush. Why exactly. not give it to – or Irving Fryer. Like, why not – why not run an option, right? Why not run the Hand ball? Hand it to the best running back in the whole freaking nation. Yeah, like you've been running – like they – that's the thing is like those blowouts they had – I think it was – what did I say? It was um, five. Five times they scored over 60 points that year. Like that wasn't – that wasn't like spread offense, you know, type – that wasn't like Oregon type straight, offense. That was straight like – Running back triple option, yeah. To the micro the They were running the ball all the time. They were barely passing it. Like Irving Fryer was um, the number one draft pick, but he only had 730 receiving yards that year, I yeah. believe. Um, 780 receiving yards that year, and he was considered an elite receiver. Like if anybody got 780 receiving yards in college now, like they wouldn't even be a top draft. They would. They may not even get drafted, you know. Yeah, exactly. So it's like it's so different. So why not give it to? Um, why not run the ball? Is what I don't understand. We should just call up Tom and be like, "Come on, Tom, what were you thinking there?" Right. What I um, didn't realize was, um, really, Nebraska didn't win. A t- they when when did they win their titles? Like the nineties. Like yeah, they the next one was like ninety-three, which was like ten years later. Yeah. So they they get on the state they get on the get to the national title and then they really don't win anything um until late in Osborne's career. And exactly. 
So he won 70, 71, 94, 95, 97. So really late in his career. And then he retired after that. And then really since then, it's kind of been up and down for Nebraska. Um, it, a lot of that's just change. A lot of it's like, it, it's just, you know, Nebraska had a huge competitive advantage of embracing like, you know, strength training and working out and really improving in the yeah. off season. And um, once really everybody kind of got caught up with that, it's really hard to find different advantages. And just quarterbacks came a bigger like position to like throwing and like passing yards and stuff like that. And I feel like in the eighties, there wasn't a lot. I mean, Bernie Kozar for sure, but yeah, that's really a lot of like ground and pound, like running back, like run heavy. Yeah. Miami pretty much won the game because um, they were, it's they Miami was ahead of its time. Like they won the game because they just had the most athletes on the field and they were able to give, put them in space. And when Nebraska was very much like, we're going to run the ball, we're going to tire you out. We're going to be stronger than you. And we're going to be in better shape than you. Um, that's all well and good. And, and it worked out. That's how they were able to come back in the game. But early on, it was, it was obvious who had the better athletes on the field. Um, and Miami had that. And that's really what car- uh, carried them into becoming who like we see Miami, see Miami now. Yeah, exactly. All right. So, um, what? Anything else? And let's wrap it up. And do you have anything else on on this game? I'm not really. It just it like solidifies the fact that I hate Miami. I know. I would. I think for me, like, just I would have loved to go to a game in the Orange Bowl. It really sucks that. Uh, yeah. That. That you that could stadium's just, just see torn the down. Atmosphere. You could like feel it, like watching the game. Yeah, and there was off. one point in the in the broadcast where like you could just hear all the Nebraska fans and like just all the Nebraska fans that were able to travel. And it's not like travel now, you know. It's not like you yeah. can get any flight um, every, for every hour of the day. Like those people, exactly. and it's not like national either. So like those people who are Nebraska fans probably traveled like got in their car and traveled all the way down to Miami um to go to that game. Nebraska's like known for that. They're known for like having traveling. Fans. Yeah, you it yeah, mo- a lot of there's a lot of schools, they're mostly like Midwest schools, but Nebraska despite how bad they've been, they always seem to put up they always have a good like traveling fan base. For sure. All right. So, we're going to try right, well, to d- next week we might do like another game college football, MLB, any NFL, like any sport. We're just like getting to cover whatever games we want to. All right, guys, take it easy.